Now he maketh the noise. I wish I could drop it deeper, but I don't know that it would sound natural. Oh, that's what I... I just got a delivery estimate for an Amazon order, and I'm like, I haven't ordered anything. I scrolled down in the email. It's Lego Star Wars. Been on been on back order for two years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it has a delivery date. My, uh... Surprise. One of my cartridges I, that I ordered uh, for my uh, Game Boy operator. Let me read you the tracking information for two seconds. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So it shipped the same day as something I have already received that came from New York. This one. Arnold, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. San Francisco. Los Angeles. Anaheim, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. That's not the correct direction. Yeah, that's that's a lot of directions, and none of them are correct. That's really bad. So uh, that one's lost forever, I'm guessing. I gotta turn on a. I gotta turn on a certain type of voice here, and I don't like it. But I'm gonna do it just because I want to say, "Hey, everyone! Lucky Carter here, bringing you another blind pack opening of We Were Gamers." Oh my God! It's a double rare pack with Michael and JJ. Did I do it good? I feel I dirty. Feel, I feel shiny. I know you feel. It's oh, these cards are so foil smooth. mantis god, foil, foil mantis god, foil mantis god. <laughs> oh, that felt terrible. How do they do it? I know he. I needed a drink of water after that. <clears throat> it hurt my ask. Hurt ask my voice. every video creator on YouTube except us. I think. I think so. Speaking of which, I have been desperately trying to uh, update my understanding of Da Vinci. I literally have been on it every available moment today, trying to get the audio visualizer working better than it was before, getting the uh, image thing to uh, to be working the way I want it to work. It's uh, it's been interesting. I have a. By the time you hear this, you could look back in your timeline and find at least a subspace transmission in there to look at that will be not 100%. It'll be like a late beta version of the updated everything. Even with this new 3080 Ti crunching the numbers, it still wants three hours to render with that audio visualizer on there. I mean, there are just some things that take time. Yeah, I mean, that's down from what? It was like 11 hours or something? I think you said like, yeah, so some of our good, long ones were very long. Yeah. Three hours is not unheard of in the rendering world, especially with that much graphics uh, going on. But yeah, if that visualizer's on there, it takes up some it takes up some computes. It'd be almost better to just animate like a static object or something like that. I don't know. We could rethink. Oh, could... We, we all together, tete a tete, need to rethink the design, maybe, of what we're putting out. And that might lower the render times until then yeah, i mean there there are options for visualizers that aren't that one we totally could do that totally until then um we can have that discussion instead of wasting discussions in the chat like anchovy discussions that we should have had on the pod <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before the, we before we jump off of, of putting episodes together i gotta shout you out for something andy oh no you you started doing something and i don't think you told either me or jj that you were doing it but you started putting uh, subject timestamps in our episode descriptions. I sure did. And if you look at as the a project uh, in the new year, uh, if you look at the podcasts on YouTube in the description, you can even click the times and it'll take you right to the segment. Ooh, Chapter chapters. markers. I haven't look quite figured out the uh, what what uh, podcast apps do you use since we're going to waste time on this? <laughs> and uh, I use a super old one and it doesn't support that stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so I was curious how to get it to support it correctly because um, I've tried a couple times and the different uh, podcasting apps seem to be reading them differently. Like I looked at one and it was all jumbled together in one big string line. I looked at a different one and it was like there was a, a double spacing between each line. I don't know how they all format. So uh, if you have uh, images of them being formatted in your podcast apps, please send them to me so I can try and make them look better. I endeavor this year to make things look better 
the the amount of time on these is just front loaded, right? Like if I can get the the templates looking correct, then we're good to go. The templates are what the templates are. I want to talk about the food though, because the anchovy discussion offline reminded me that the rules, the food rules, are still up for debate. There's still a t- comment period for uh, debating our new food rules program. Number one, no food for the gram proposed. Number two, don't imposter. And uh, Michael, you are required to inform JJ about capital uh, caps lock, just eggs. That's their uh, slogan is just eggs with a caps lock on. JJ, have you heard about Just Eggs? Not something that is attempting to be cruise control for cool, so no. Just Eggs is a product that we have seen start to advertise recently, and they are a plant-based egg substitute that is supposed to cook up, like, eggs. So not just, not eggs. Literally, Literally the exact opposite. Is that, like, false advertising somehow? So you got to wonder about that, right? Because, I mean, in the States, that that kind of thing will slide. But you hear all the time about companies in the EU getting in trouble for calling things hamburger that don't have meat or the right kind of meat in them. And there are all kinds of weird regulations that govern what you can call food. So I don't know how they get away with something. Even in the U.S., some products are regulated like that. Like you can't call something a chicken wing. It's why there's so many chicken tenders and stuff and like chicken nuggets in the aisle and never chicken wings. Right. Because wings are like a regulated, protected class of meat. I huh. I don't know why you wouldn't just call it not eggs. Anyway, it comes yeah, in exactly. a carton. The carton packaging looks exactly like egg whites. So, yeah. so uh, I was just about to when – you, when you asked me, if you had asked me what I thought it was, I was going to tell you egg whites. Yep. Does that fit under rule two? The name really like – it falls under deceptive advertising, I think. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't know. I I feel these – so, again, this is a letter of the law, spirit of the law discussion, which is uh, increasingly irrelevant to our modern age where the answer is just who has more money. Uh, I think in the spirit of the law, this would not qualify because they are not intentionally trying – like, they're not, like, hiding the fact that they're a plant-based egg alternative, are they? No, it says it right. It says right underneath the name. It says uh, plant based. So I went and watched an ad for just eggs, and I'm pretty sure they say it's a plant based egg alternative one time, and then four other times they say just eggs, just eggs, just eggs. Well, I I just like the fact that uh, their voiceover guy is JB Smoove. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Great choice. I want to say they're treading a line. They're they're in a gray area for sure. I don't appreciate it. I don't I don't like I want bright divisions here. Uh unfortunately, I feel like they're trying to be in a gray zone. But I think they're not trying to sneak their food in as a different type of food. Right? right. They're not trying to turn their sushi into a burrito or nope. what have you here. I still have not had a sushi burrito since that discussion, so I will hold off on calling for a ruling until after. Speaking of deceptive, I was led to believe that um, that Metroid Dread enemy Emmy was fun. Oh no, Emmy's supposed to be straight up like terrifying. Oh my god, get me out of here! So the hardest fight I've ever done in Smash was this past weekend when they added an Emmy spirit to the game. Oh no! Who immediately sets your health to one? At the beginning of the match. It's pretty scary. And then turns invulnerable. Yeah. And runs so right So you have to run you. away. Oh, okay. Just like in Metroid, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you have to run for quite a long time, actually. Just and, like in Metroid. And uh, the, really the only way to beat it is with Samus and to be dropping bombs behind you or shooting missiles from afar, hoping that you don't get hit by the laser. I now feel your pain, Michael. That's a nice touch, though, for Smash to add that. Yeah, I think it's kind of like their last up. They added that uh, like two weeks ago, and they added uh, Evil Ryu for the Street Fighter anniversary. That game's winding down. They've already said they're not doing any more uh, real updates to it. I've noticed uh, they've added in all the... I now have every single spirit they've ever released in that game. They're all now now all available. Does Evil Ryu have a different moveset from regular Ryu, or is he just like a color? In Smash? 
Yeah. Uh, he's just a colored spirit, which means you don't even play as him. Oh, he up, okay. He okay. Upgrades he's not a real your, player. Okay. He upgrades your character in a different way than normal Ryu. Okay. Because I was going to say, in Street Fighter, Evil Ryu is like a separate character at the select screen. They like don't have the same moves, so they're very different. Okay. Um, normally, this would be where we just talk about games for the rest of the time. Um, but immediately after the last podcast, like within hours. Dude, seriously, like we recorded it and then like the seven mill, hours later. Yeah. Well, the rumor mill the, started shortly after and then the minute the market opened the next morning, it was announced. Yeah, like less than 10 hours after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft has entered an agreement to finalize a purchase for Activision Blizzard by the end of 2023, which normally we'd leave like industry news to industry people that understand this stuff. But holy cow, I had people texting me that I don't even think play games anymore. You're leaving off the big thing, Andrew, and that it yeah. was a nice... Sixty-nine billion dollars, nice and round, huh? It's a lot of billions. Yeah, I wonder how they came up with that number. Anyway, uh, I mean, the actual number is sixty-eight point seven billion, and then a lot of people rounded up to seventy, which is just like, okay, I get it. But also, like, it's right there. You can do nice and say sixty-nine. <laughs> Come on, low hanging. It's it. It would not be above Activision Blizzard. Boom. Got him. Roasted. Uh wow. So it's a Microsoft product now you can't talk about that. Oh I know, right? You can't you can't uh That's not true. But <laughs> Well uh, something that only occurred to me after the fact on uh, after hearing the news a couple of days later was uh that's gotta be the death knell for BlizzCon, yeah. Oh it's gone. Dead forever. We kind of I, thought that to begin with. Like, yeah, yeah, the hope the hope was pretty tenuous up to this point, but I think that we said on this podcast after the second BlizzCon was canceled that we were pretty sure that is it. It was done. Yeah. It was already Not that they won't leverage the idea to do like a Microsoft fan festival or some kind of thing. But... I am sure someone at Blizzard will convince them that some sort of BlizzCon should happen online, some sort of thing where they get streamers involved for at least yeah. a year before they cancel Overwatch 2 and start to wind down everything except World of Warcraft and Diablo 4. I think Overwatch 2 still comes out, but I, I think don't, maybe that is the end of it. I don't think so. I think that game is in such trouble that maybe they look at that and, and think, how many people could we lay off if we just give up on Overwatch? We've got Halo. Overwatch isn't doing that great anymore. You Who know? knows? Yeah. They've already said they're going to keep Call of Duty kind of open. Shit. To everybody. Shocker. Well, they're going to keep it, but they're also going to keep it on all platforms, which makes sense. I mean, you I mean, might as well. What, are you going to kill the fatted calf there? It's the golden <laughs> idol. You don't you don't kill the literal <laughs> one thing, right? Well, some people were like, oh, gosh, is it going to be exclusive to Microsoft? And it's like, no, no, come on. They already have an exclusive shooter. They don't want competition within their own ecosystem. Yeah, totally. And, you know, they, they have to consider the revenue or revenue acquired from the various places. And I bet you look at call of something like Call of Duty, which gets a lot of its money from the console market. And you go, how many of those are PlayStations? Ooh, Most dang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Can't. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll sell some Xboxes if we move this over, but we're not going to sell this many Xboxes. Nope. Well, uh, some of my thoughts went to antitrust initially, but also we should talk about what that means for games a little bit and what we think it means for us personally. I, I imagine this means the backlog, uh, back catalog of games ends up as, uh, game pass, Microsoft exclusives games going forward that are single player, probably also Microsoft exclusives to try and get people onto game pass as their uh, cloud architecture launches here. You can stream Xbox games to xCloud already. That's like already a thing. Yeah, they were just they were doing some up, sort of upgrades know? so you could do it through a web browser. Is that having is that having launched already? Uh, I believe you can do it from phones and tablets, so Okay. Probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe it's only i tablets and not Android tablets or something. I, mean, I don't know. The Switch is now going to let you stream games. So I guess that means that uh Google missed it by a month, huh? <laughs> My concern about the streaming stuff is really like 
I don't think there's people out here who really want to just only stream games. It's bad. Ever. It's not that great. But I think there are maybe a lot of people who would go, well, I have this game on PC, but I'm sitting on the couch right now with my iPad. I could play this for 10 minutes while we're watching some other TV show that I don't care about. Sure. Like there are more people in that vein. And so then they would only want to do that in the case where they're in that weird situation. And only then if they could stream it, a game they already own and keep all their progress and all that stuff. And, you know, Microsoft's cloud stuff allows them to do that. I think the one thing that I could think about, Michael said, the thing that occurred to him, the thing that occurred to me later on was Activision as a company in general has been around since the Atari, you know, and now they're in the, they're, they're my Microsoft subsidiary. It's like, whoa, that's, I mean, that's nuts to me. You know, remember like, what was it 15, 20 years ago or something before Call of Duty got big? Activision was kind of nothing and no one. Like they were, they were in trouble. Like I think Bobby Kotick scooped that company up for like a couple hundred million dollars in like the late nineties. Yeah, less than his and severance like, will be. Oh yeah, they like and essentially built a empire out of them. You know, basically off the back of like you know old games that no one cared about anymore. So you know, like from that perspective, like he was already extremely wealthy starting off and all this other stuff, but like. The company really was dead for all intents and purposes. You know, they didn't do anything that was major in the video game space, you know, until they started really gaining steam coming into like that, you know, PS3, 360 era of consoles. Mm -hmm. Maybe the end of the PS2. But anyway, like that era. Other than letting their problems languish long enough to destroy their stock so they could get bought out. I mean, like, let's talk about that for a minute, though. Uh, do you think the only reason this deal happened is because their stock price was so depressed due to all of the horrible allegations? Yes. Like I, I think, think I think it's a deal that uh, a Phil Spencer brought to uh, Nadella a long time ago and said, we should buy a company like this, like a Nintendo or an Activision or a somebody that we can get for billions of dollars. We need to make a Disney-sized move in this video game space. Because we're not that big of a producer of games, actually, you know. No, true. Yeah, very true. Uh, and, and I think it's a. And I think it's clear. Oh, good. Oh, 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 sorry. Just to finish my thought, which was, and then a Nadella says that's too much money, and then <laughs> this type of thing with a with a Bobby Kotick running a company down uh, because not willing to deal with problems happens, and the conversation gets revisited. I mean, I think it goes, you know. Phil Spencer, who is his own title as CEO. So like, does he even have to answer to Nadella? I don't really know how that. I mean, it's, it's the same works, company, right? He's got to answer to somebody. I don't know. You, you don't have the, you don't have the title of CEO and answer to anyone except the board. Right. So, so I, I don't know how so that they works. have two CEOs at Microsoft or mo- many CEOs. I don't really understand. Cause is it like a parent company, subsidiary company situation in which point like he's a CEO of a subsidiary, but the subsidiary is owned by the parent. I don't know how this stuff works. It, Phil Spencer's title is CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So anyway, who cares? This is all corporate. It doesn't matter. My point is that by all accounts, Spencer was the guy there in the room with Kotick going, making you the offer you can't refuse, you know, and like sliding the check across the table. And Kotick, who is embattled, we'll say, politely. Yeah, sure. Uh, was looking for an out, knowing that he can't, you know, worm his way out of the things that are likely coming so i believe uh where you're going with this might be reported on by reliable people at bloomberg and kodak said no and the board told him say yes uh yeah no that's exactly what i'm referring to uh, okay. uh that that he was like i don't think we need to do this and his board is like we would like to leave because we want to get rid of you so yes how about we all do this uh and he's like oh Okay. Pretty ridiculous that a company like that has to back down because of one person. I think mergers and acquisitions talks happen all the time in the business industry. Sure. People are always like, ah, you know, money. Hey, what if this was the thing? And like, I think the important thing to realize here is Microsoft had this money lying around. It's chump change. They're ready to pay with cash. There are not companies that have that sums of money lying around. Like there are just not many companies, period, that have that kind of money lying around let alone in the gaming industry. Yeah, Apple. Right? Like Apple has this money. 
Right. You named one of the maybe two or three others. <laughs> Google has this money. Amazon and could do it, but there it's the, the Amazon wouldn't. Right. What's the acronym for the those thing? Like, my point is that they could go to like, you know, who else is going to give them the competing offer? Right. It's like who else is huge in the video game industry or interested in being in the video game industry that would be willing to shell this out? Google just lit billions of dollars on fire and in Stadia and then like basically closed up shop and left. So like they're not doing that again. Right. Nope. EA doesn't have this kind of money lying around to buy out Activision. Like they're just Activision is bigger than EA. Like they don't even if EA did, you know, took on a ton of debt or got huge loans or whatever, they I don't think they could come up with this kind of money. So like, oh, yeah, like Facebook, yeah, what EA is, can't. is Facebook going to bid on a giant gaming thing? They don't, Facebook doesn't make games. That's not what their thing is. I'm guessing Tencent maybe an offer. Sure. So Tencent, mm-hmm. you know, but then that's a, like, does Activision want to sell to a Chinese company, which includes, uh, has a lot of allow that regulatory concerns in America these days, which, you know, bad to say, but like, yeah, there are some xenophobic concerns there. I, the it's not even not xenophobic view. concerns. There's uh, serious oh, antitrust I, concerns because I think after Mike, the the analysis of this is that after Microsoft purchases this, just by the numbers, they become third in publishing size behind Tencent and Sony. Yeah, they're definitely behind Sony. I don't remember who number one is. It's is it Tencent? Tencent? Yes. Okay. Uh, EA becomes a very distant fourth. Yeah, it's like ten. It's like fifty billion dollars from third to fourth, or something. It's a huge gap. It is an Activision Blizzard-sized gap. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to summarize an article I read for you that made me want to puke a little bit and see what you guys think. Now that I've colored your thoughts, which was that Microsoft didn't do it just for the fact that it's probably worth seventy billion just for the assets. We have to start thinking about the metaverse. Which metaverse are you referring we to? Gotta, we gotta met we gotta make our purchases in the in the future for the metaverse was the article. And uh I got the the Jerry Seinfeld putting his hands up and just like nope, nope, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm I'm out. Uh as our resident ready player one expert, Michael, eleven times between Spencer, Kodak, and Nadella on the calls regarding this acquisition was the word metaverse. It's an interesting name for IOI. In in which one person described the uh, basically the Ready Player One interface. How would you feel about having to access your games through a Ready Player One interface? Is that even possible? Uh, not at the moment, but yeah. no one. No one knows what metaverse means. Nope. People just say it because it's popular, because Facebook rebranded themselves as some dumb metaverse name. No, the only reason anyone says it is because investors are horny for metaverse. No one else cares. It's not a thing. It Stop pretending like it's a thing. You're not going to have NFTs in your metaverse. That's not a thing. You dumb people, stop. It's, a it's uni- just a thing that people are saying logins. to get money. <laughs> They can't even do that. There's seven accounts. Every time I open a game, I have to log into a different launcher. Like, yes. it's not, uh, <laughs> that's never N- happened. Nadella, uh, at one point on a call, said, we don't believe there will be one single metaverse. Oh, really? So I'm going to have to have... Uh, oh, so you guys uh, are going to revive PlayStation Home? I'm going to have a Vi- I'm gonna have to have a Vive headset to access my Sony metaverse. I'm going to have to have a, a Facebook headset to access... Uh, my my NFT uh, land in South Korea or whoever already started selling land there. I don't I don't get it. I'm, I don't. I'm getting too old for this. I really don't. How is it not easy enough to just say they bought it because it gives them an extremely large backlog and huge future? I mean, that's a like you're missing the the horse or your what's the what's the stupid phrase? Forest for the trees. Yes, thank you, Michael. Um, the it, like, yeah, they get all that stuff, Andrew. That stuff is the gravy on top of the the meal here. The thing that they get is a ton of game studios, a ton of people that are today already built producing games. In a lot of instances, have games already in production, and all the assets, all the things those people are already making. Like, they get a ton of people that can churn out new Microsoft stuff. That's what they get. 
yeah, they get the like Overwatch IP and the, you know, Pitfall IP and, you know, stuff from Blizzard's back catalog and Activision's ancient past. But that stuff is like a dream. Yeah, they, they own it. Cool. Well, like Disney owns a lot of stuff from their past. Are they bringing out the old guns like to make a new, you know, Steamboat Willie? No. Right. Right. I want to caution people's like, yes, I would. I, too, would love it if they would unearth a bunch of Activision's old catalog and make like Interstate 76 2 or <laughs> I don't something know. old like that. I don't know but, that I would use the word love it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we could sound off. Do you love it? I'm, I'm not that. I mean, they, they own it. I would be happy if that got made. Right. I'm not yeah. exactly happy that Microsoft is doing it, but I'm happy someone is making I, it. But I, they're not going to do that. They're going to make Call of Duty 17 and they're going to make, you know, uh, Overwatch 3 and Diablo 4. That's what they're going to do. I, as a person that loves my Game Pass uh, subscription, I even am kind of like, I don't know about this in terms of what it's going to do to the businesses in the industry. Andrew, what if you got to play WoW for free on your Game Pass subscription? Do I want to do that? But what if? You could just log in anytime. But do I want to do that? You just play a quest. Just do a quest. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the 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 other thing worth mentioning in this though is that all of this presumes that a judge somewhere isn't going to step in and say nope, monopoly. Yeah, or anti-competitive. Yeah, for I sure, think antitrust that's the, problem. Yeah. I, again, I think the uh, also I want to like point out that people use the word antitrust, and I think a lot of people maybe don't know what that means. Okay, like. Trusts are a thing that used to exist in like the Gilded Age in like the twenties or whatever. Sure, and they're not really a thing in America anymore. And well, the laws, the, the laws are still the laws surrounding them. Laws, yeah, because they were from that era. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, but really, what we mean is like monopolies, and yeah. then Michael used the better word, the anti-competitive nature of some of these business practices. Yeah, basically, and, uh, even if you can name five other companies. It essentially tries to limit downtrodden of competition, and while a Sony theory—that's what it does. It, it, while a Sony and a Tencent exist, uh, Tencent arguably an arm of the Chinese government at this point. Yeah, Tencent, who owns, who has many fingers in many different pies across the gaming. Uh, let's say, we'll go look at the credits from any movie in the last five years. Maybe there's some funding from Tencent in your movie. I mean, look at many of the acquisitions that have happened in the gaming sphere that aren't this one. Yeah, all yeah. Tencent. And Tencent owns percentages of many companies. Yeah, so. uh, Epic, right? Epic was the big last Epic. one that did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riot, makers of League God. of Legends. You know, Epic, when we have time at some point to talk about Press Reset, uh, that Epic company is more yuck than yum, let's say. Uh, do you mean Epic Mega Games? <laughs> Why did they change that name? It's so why good. Are you, why are you doing <laughs> anyway, uh, I would I would think there will be serious consideration towards companies like EA and others that will say, "Hey guys, uh, we're gonna be kind of uh, out of business here against a Sony slash uh, Microsoft duopoly at the top. There's just no way to financially compete." Uh, I don't know that that's true, but I would guess if I'm an EA, I'm already hiring some lawyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to imagine all of the not Microsofts are going to make that argument, right? Um, So uh, Phil Spencer did put out that statement. It was like, so I've been on the phone with Sony and we're totally both cool with it. I mean, what else can he say? He has to. He's doing the deal. He's the one who has to come out in support of it, right? No, I know, but it's just funny to be like, uh, look, our biggest competitor says it's fine. Okay. Our biggest competitor who has no leverage and can do nothing about this situation says it's fine. Yeah. Hey, are you guys excited to uh, log into your Blizzard games from Steam? Are you excited to log into your Blizzard games from Steam through the Microsoft Xbox store? Yep. That's what I was, that was where I was going next. <laughs> Have your Steam uh, Microsoft games opened the Microsoft launcher in the Microsoft store? Uh, I just want them to port over the Battle.net client at this point into 
the Xbox client or mi- migrate the Xbox client into the Battle.net client. I want someone somewhere between these two companies to say that client is better than this client and then integrate one into the other and just make it happen. $70 billion. Just make it work. One or one or the other of those clients goes away in like the next five years. Uh, Well, so they don't close till 2023 end of year, probably. So give it three years after that before they finally figure it out. By then, I won't be installing anything from the battle.net app anyway. Oh, zinger. Got him. Yep. Uh, news, another news story that I think all of us here would actually probably like to talk about that we don't talk about very often on this show. Hey, the NASA Webb telescope is in orbit, you guys. Yeah, I just saw this morning that it reached, uh, it reached its stopping point. Reached the L2 point or whatever, something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you, did you see it working? Oh yeah, it seems to be working. But did either of you see when we get to see the first picture or no? Oh, no isn't it like, isn't I, it like six months or something? I, I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know. I would love to know when we get to see the first picture. But uh, for people that don't know, this is a massive telescope that we have now sent out beyond the moon to what orbit L- in L2, which is around the sun. No, L2 no. is not around the sun, but it is a it is at a point distant from the Earth. That's like. But it's blocked. It's blocked so that light can't. So the, the telescope faces away from the sun. Yeah. And there's a big heat shield behind it so that basically the the telescope side is always in shadow. And no matter how it orbits around the sun, because again, everything orbits around the sun in our solar system. Yeah. It's always pointed away so that the, the telescope side stays very cold. Yes. And also the, the L in L2 refers to a Lagrange point which is a point of equilibrium between any two bodies in space. So it's between us and the sun then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, at a at a point where both pull on it equally. So we are we are lagranging so it doesn't it, move, right? Lagranging or it between us and the sun. So it is kind of in orbit around the sun then. Well, everything I, is in orbit around the that's sun. That's true. I just uh, I was trying to understand exactly because when you read it from uh, like a NASA source, uh, I, my brain just says, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I had to go to another article to try and understand what I read from the NASA source. And my brain says, uh, and then I had to go to a third source. And then that one and the the second source don't agree with each other. And that's why I bring up stories like this on this podcast. <laughs> it's one of those you need to do or you need to read scholarly things about aerospace enough times. And eventually you learn some of these terms. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and like you accidentally learn more about orbital mechanics than you want and are like, oh man, the Delta V on this rocket is really good. And <laughs> like, you can play like Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> You'll learn all this stuff. Let me see. Hold on. I think I have that in my Steam library. Let me check. In your is, that a, is that an Activision product? <laughs> it's, no, it's an independent game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it is very cool. And, you know, I, I think, I do think they said it's going to take a while for them to finish doing all of their like alignments and cooling of the mirror side and all this stuff. It's a very complicated, like multifaceted telescope and not just like a lens. It's like a bunch of weird mirrors and it's doing like, what's the, it's an infrared telescope, I think. Right. Technically. So like there aren't even pictures. Huh? Cause it's going to recombine them into pictures basically. Yeah. Like you will get cool pictures from it because you know, they will do artists, uh, you know, photoshopping cool stuff into it. But I think initially the initial stuff is not colored because it's, it's infrared light. Yeah. And the idea is that we get to see basically, uh, millions of years back into the past billions, maybe the the issue is always with like seeing out of our solar system and seeing away is that the light of the sun interferes with everything because the sun is the brightest thing. and is by far, far and away the closest, right? Yes. And so you want to remove the sun as much as is possible in order to see other things. And by putting it in this point where it's generally not moving a ton between us and the sun and then having the the telescope be on the side facing away from the sun, it lets them filter all the sunlight out and then get these clearer pictures. In yeah, try and look at a piece of paper while you look into a flashlight. 
it's hard. Also, don't look into a flashlight. Yeah, maybe not. It's bad for it's bad for your eyes. <laughs> oh man, my uh, Michael, uh, close your ears for a second. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to mention JJ. Uh, one of the favorite things. This is not a spoiler, but we, uh, our Matrix. I'm going to mention it here. We did a Matrix subspace transmission, Michael. He did close his ears. He's not listening. Good job. Good job, Michael. That was a test. That was a test. No, we did a Matrix 4 subspace transmission so that we wouldn't ruin... uh, Because we did 1, 2, 3 on the main pod last week. But then we separated Matrix 4 so we could talk about it so we wouldn't ruin you for the movie. Appreciate it. I believe you should watch. I think that's a shared opinion here. Okay. Oh, it's it's on the list, so never Uh, fear. I want to just point out something that I forgot to mention in my notes that I thought would make both of you laugh. And I think it is the very first time in Matrix 4 that I have heard someone use the words, these words in conjunction correctly. It's deja vu all over again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because knowing what that's about is very funny. Exactly. But I didn't. I put it in my notes, and I forgot to mention that Neil Patrick Harris says it's deja vu all over again, and that I laughed out loud watching because it was correct to have said it. <laughs> Speaking of weird, maybe alternate reality stuff going on. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Speaking of things that are bad for your eyes. What's bad for my? I don't. I don't know what that means. Uh, you'll have to explain that to me if we're both talking about the same thing. Are we okay. both talking about the same thing? Uh, I don't know. You you tell me. <laughs> I was going to say weird possible alternate realities uh, related to inscription. What were you going to talk about? Yes, we are talking about the same thing. I don't. Mm, are you just talking about the graphics? I mean, because I know there's things that are bad for your teeth in there. Uh, Andrew, are you are you using all your items? Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. Uh, I was going to ask you about this because I. Okay, hold on. If you haven't played Inscription, are we going to do spoilers right now? We probably are, right? I, well, yeah, I probably. Think, so, Andy, I believe you escaped from the cabin based on what I see on, on Steam achievements. So we can at least do the I first es- part. I did not escape from the cabin, which was going to be a question. Oh. Yeah, I think I know what happened. Oh, and I want to okay. say that we're yeah. going to talk about the first part of Inscription. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. I know what happened then. Okay. Okay. Maybe you can explain to me because it felt like I won, but then they just put my face on the door. Yes. Well, yeah, you didn't get. You didn't. You didn't get out. You didn't. You didn't do the things. uh, You didn't win. I raffle. I mean, you did win. I mean, I literally raffle stomped the entire match from beginning to end. None of the bosses stood a chance. I destroyed the moon without even trying. You have a death touch card. Uh, I actually had a uh, amalgamated wolf with the lowering of power thing. Nice. And I had a stoat with seven damage on it because I put the... This is all gibberish to people, but I put the ringworm into the fire and the people ate it. And then my stoat got up to eight damage or something like that. So I had like 14 damage on the board at one point and his moon couldn't do anything. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So you didn't... You're the first person I met who killed the moon by dealing 40 damage or whatever to it. Oh, really? All the times I beat the moon, I used death touch. <laughs> oh, I, I dealt damage each time. Oh, wow. Uh, That's crazy. So I just had stuff with death touch and I killed it immediately. I didn't know about the moon. It's meant to be a surprise. Really. Uh, but I also assumed that I didn't need death touch if I wasn't like not that much stuff is that strong, really. Yeah, you run into the occasional elk or grizzly bear, but yeah, it's not necessarily the most necessary. So given that, when I was given the option of a Death Touch card, I took flying stuff instead. I felt like Death Touch wasn't that good. Uh, now, maybe I would have taken Death Cut Touch if I had known about the moon. And now you're going back to it, and you do know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I literally don't see how I can't just raffle stomp every boss now. Now that I know exactly what they all do, I know exactly what cards to pick. Uh, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to have done because clearly the game told me that I missed something because the guy goes, what? How come I'm, this game's still going? Yes. Uh, so but you, I don't think won, I missed. I can't. Won, 
You I, definitely missed something. I okay, can tell that, you. You won the card game, but you have not won the meta game. So the only item I haven't used is the knife because I don't know what it does. Yeah, gee, maybe you should consider yeah. <laughs> trying it out. Try that. Okay. Uh, I never needed it, and I Who knew cares? I was even when he dropped the moon. I was like, "Well, I clearly I win. I don't need, yes, but so I don't. I never needed any of the. Doesn't items matter that you don't. It doesn't matter that you don't need it. You do need it because you can't get out. Okay. Well, so I was holding on to stuff because I thought, well, I don't know what I don't need it, so I should hold on to it. Anyway, a reasonable assumption to have made, but until not, you get to the point that you're at. I'm not surprised uh, that that is the answer because the goo kind of told me a like sly way that I needed to use something. And I was like, okay, well, the only thing I haven't used is the knife or the cuckoo clock. The goo is pretty smart. You should listen to the goo. <laughs> I like the goo. The goo is good. All right. So uh, I watched all those videos. The only thing that I could glean oh, okay. that I was supposed to pay attention to was A, the dates were my birthday. And uh, B, 49-123. Other than that, it was just like, oh, is that the guy that I am or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, was the, I supposed to have the, gleaned more from the videos? The Lucky Carter. Yeah, the uh, Lucky Carter. Uh-huh. That, was the, they are, that was the beginning of this podcast. If people didn't catch that, the Lucky Carter well, makes videos about unboxing cards. And Inscription is a card game. Uh, by the way, Magic Cards. <laughs> Did you see that? Mm-hmm. The inscription mm-hmm. cards are basically just magic cards. Yeah, he has uh, like printed up fronts on magic cards. It's pretty good. I think you know what you need to do now. Okay. So you need to get back in there and, and give that stuff a try. Is there a... I will say you didn't need... The the information in the videos is telling you part of the story yeah. of the game. But I don't need to pay uh, very but close you don't, attention. I mean, it's interesting. And if you are interested in the story, you should pay attention. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't need think to like, you need some through the videos looking for hidden stuff. Like, I still don't know how to do that clock. And I feel like I've missed something. But unless you want to get deep into the ARG, don't. Okay. Yeah. And, and I will say you don't need to do that. I see. I like the game a lot. The card game so far is very easy to me. I, I think I lost two times. Because the game wants you to lose two times. There's really, honestly, some points in the first two go-throughs before you are able to get all the cards. Each round, you have to kind of go through and earn cards for the next round, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second time, the third time through, you have access to all of them. And it's like, okay, uh, my squirrel's totem gives me uh, regenerating squirrels. So I literally, oh my God, it's so good. (laughs) I was about to ask if you had gotten to totems because it is possible to win those like unwinnable scenarios just depending on what kind of cards you have. Yeah, if you um, break items. But see, I was like breaking items and still losing those and I just assumed I had to lose. I, I will say that it is very easy to get back items, so you should just use them. Yes. Like they, they are like there are spaces on the game board where you will show up and items will just be given to you. Um, I, I think actually it gives you items until you're full on items. It does. I just won't. I mean, especially with that totem. Maybe if I don't get lucky and get that totem again, uh, it'll be harder to get through, and I'll need items. But man, your squirrels being uh, involved, basically just responding. Right, they, come, they die and come back to your hand. It was so yeah. good. Yeah, because you can sacrifice them and just keep sacrificing them, and then you got zillions of bones, and you're. It's just like, um, I, we haven't described the game at all because we just got straight into it. And uh, maybe we should. Uh, some sort of horror-ish game is how I would describe the outer trappings of it. Yeah? Maybe like a, a horror horror version of Mist, almost? Encapsulates I a... Vi- I, I heard it described as an escape room. Okay, sure. Encapsulates a very simple yet uh, interesting deck-building card game is so far what I have discovered about this game. And I, I, I assume that's it. So that, yeah, that's the gist of where you are. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I assume once I escape the cabin, there's more to do. Uh, but it seemed like escaping the cabin was something that you were supposed to do. And I was not far enough into the game uh, to assume that the game was over after doing that, because it's only been about, Five, four hours maybe uh, until I had 
beaten him? I will say, Andrew, that your experience with other card games like Magic uh, and others has prepared you well for being really good at the card game in Inscription. Yes. Yeah, it definitely will give you a leg up. And by that nature, you are finding the first part of the game very easy. Okay. Because you know how card games work and are already, your mind, unbeknownst to you, is already arranging the pieces in such a way that give you an edge. Sure. Like For when I looked maybe, at what was available, what I had seen in the first two go throughs and was able in the third go through to not know what was ahead of me, but still draft a deck that would win. Yes. Exactly. And going like, oh, getting the stoat up to seven power is like really good. No kidding. All that poor stoat looks terrible, man. <laughs> that guy is destroyed. It's not in a good way. No. Yeah. It's cool when his eyes glow, though. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting, and I think you you know more than you think you know about card games, and so because of that, you're finding it easy. Whereas people who maybe are not as into card games or don't play them or haven't played them for as long a time as you would struggle a lot more. And there are like it even means. yeah, and there are even more mechanics that help you get through that first part. Yeah, you know uh, that one you of, haven't even seen yet. Yes. So, Oh, really? Interesting. I haven't mm -hmm. seen some of the mechanics. I mean, I've seen the one thing I did try to do to the moon that it would not let me do was I tried to uh, use my scissors on it. I actually never had uh -oh. scissors when I got there, and I wondered if it would work. Uh, interesting. It said you can't do that right now. So I don't know if that means you, next time through, since I've beaten him once, I can use the scissors. Were you Were you trying to do it when you were supposed to draw a card or a squirrel? Oh, shoot. Maybe. Because I feel that the fact that they let Death Touch work, they probably would let the scissors work. They uh, let you cheat still super hard at this game. I still have the scissors. You, you'll get more scissors. Just use them. Like, it, it doesn't matter. You, it, you need to try that knife, and you need to try the other ones you haven't used. I have used first. the fan. I've used the goat. I've used... I mean, all the things in the bottle are the same. I tried using the frozen opossum, but that didn't do anything. So the frozen possum, I think, puts a frozen card on the board, and yeah. then when it dies, something comes out. Oh, nothing happened. Yeah, it I wonder if thaws I, it. I wonder if I won too quickly. Yeah, they didn't kill yeah. the thing. Oh. It was still on the board when I, he died. Yeah. Hmm. But yes, there are, there are additional mechanics that you have not found besides the, what you're trying to do. Okay, so in the cabin there are mechanics I haven't found? Because... Y yes there's... i know a hundred percent certainty there's at least one item you've never seen because you haven't mentioned it and you would have yes huh well i know I there's say if there's more i know there's on... something in the clock and i know I, I know there's something in the clock because i can move the hands so i assume that means that the clock opens like a cuckoo clock should um but i don't know anything about how to open it and i've seen the um so i've i have freed the wolf um, I used the wolf to get the knife. Yep. I did and all the painting. Uh, yeah. Oh, so the painting was the one I was going to say. I understand. I think what the painting is, uh, but I couldn't confirm it last run because they never gave me a dog to put on the board. This run, they want to, uh, me to put a, I assume it means they want me to put a black or the black sheep and the squirrel on the board at the same time in the order. Cause it seems like what the, uh, other puzzle was where it was like, here's the board. And then, you know, arrange the cards. So this one seems like here's the board, arrange the cards while you're playing, right? I mean, that's what I assume. What a game. It's fun. Um, it's very light. It reminds me of uh, early Gwent. I think my favorite part of the game is this part at the front. I can't tell you what that means until you play more. But you said I had to play it and I'm already playing your favorite part. Yeah. This game is rad, dude. Have you, are you having a good time? It's so much fun. There's so much broken stuff you can do. Like, oh, yeah. The, I mean, fact, the game doesn't like care. Like, my favorite part is, like, again, we've told you there's mechanics you haven't even seen. And the game's just like, yeah, dude, these are these are cheap. You should use them. <laughs> like, it's, it's super unfair. So yeah, now I have, I have this blacked out in the book, so I can't read it. Uh, but I've had a monster with a bell on it. I assume that means once it's on the board, when you ring the bell, it goes up once in power. Uh, that's not what that means. Okay, because I haven't, I haven't been able to use them. 
I've gotten part, them twice very late. Part of the mystery is finding out what some of those things are. There's sure. another one um, that isn't a bell, but it's a what is the what is the logo? How do you explain what the logo for the other one is, Michael? Oh, sigil. Gosh. Sorry, sigil. Yeah. There's so, so many like, powers in that book. Yes, there are. <laughs> the, like the sigil is the sigil for the bell one is like a, a tentacle holding a bell, right? Yes. I would say the the sigil for the other one is like a tentacle holding a card. Have you gotten that one yet? Yes, that one is more powerful for the more cards that are in your deck or the your hand. Cards in your hand. Yeah, I've seen that one, and I took the one with the bell over it. They presented both to me as a reward for a golden pelt. Yeah, and the bell I, one is tricky. I had a tough time figuring I, out what the bell one did. I, I, I had to I play it several to times. It. I got it, and then uh, the next two fights, it was just like, well, this one, I know, I don't know what it does, and I'll win the fight with these other ones, so I might as well use the ones that I know I'll win the fight with. Yeah, I never, I never used it, so I never figured it out. I never took the time to figure out what it did. I had to play one several times to figure out what it did. It took, it's unintuitive, I'll say. Is it good? That's my question. Can be, if you use it right. Okay. <laughs> the problem is knowing, <laughs> the problem is knowing if you're using it right when yeah. you don't know what it does. You know, uh, there's a lot of mechanics in the game, um, like things moving to the right and things attacking multiple directions and stuff like that. And while I have won games because of it, you mostly win games by uh, dealing with his stuff doing it, not your stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have a big structural advantage in the game because you can see see a move ahead and he can't can't see ahead of you. Right. Right. So it is... They want you to they win. Want you like to you win. said, exactly. like you said, they're they're they let you cheat. I assume that means I messed up trying to cut that card. I mean, maybe I I I'd only I only mentioned that one because I remember trying to use the scissors on a different fight and it saying you can't do that until I drew a card and then I could use the scissors. Uh, you know, I have multiple. It, it just times doesn't let you use sitting, items. Then I have been multiple times sitting there trying to do stuff and just keep forgetting to draw a card because I don't need one. I'm like, I win. Let me just play. Um, but the game sometimes doesn't really like refocus your vision. It's very interesting being having to maneuver with either the the arrows or the wheel or whatever to try and move around while also playing a card game. Not a lot of card game games let you refocus your view, sometimes not even including your hand. Yep. Yeah. I will say uh, if you are on the map and you press... Uh, w forward you can see your deck if you didn't know that that's really helpful while you're like deciding which direction to go on the map yeah yeah you can also mouse wheel up to do it yeah it's pretty helpful especially when you're trying to like build synergies and stuff like that oh for sure or making sure you don't have too many bone cards without any bone generation or yeah but see like the bone like i'm thinking about the idea of bone generation already proves that you're like way ahead of you know well it's funny because the bone the bones really is very key to you being able to win but they don't give it to you on the first go through so there's no way it's not you can totally make a deck that doesn't use bones at all no i know but like Uh, i think you shouldn't but you certainly could i mean i guess if you have uh infinite squirrels it doesn't matter what you do you could build a deck of anything there is a sigil and i never saw a totem for it but I know the sigil exists on some cards that you can sacrifice it multiple times. Uh, there is the one that comes on the black cat uh, with the infinity. Yes, the black cat. The, yeah, the infinity with the knife. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can keep. You can just keep sacrificing it. Not, not I as never good. Found a, I never found a totem for that one. Honestly and sincerely, not as good as the squirrels because the black cat gets stuck on the board. Yeah, if, it if never they leaves the board. If they don't kill it, then it's in the way. If you need to move stuff around, you can't just kill it off like you can with a squirrel. I mean, it's better than a squirrel if your squirrels aren't infinite, I guess. Right. I mean, you can only have one totem. It's not like you can get three totems or five totems or whatever. Yeah. So I, I if you don't have the option to get the squirrels that die and come back, the, I wondered if it was possible. I, I've never seen it. The totem system's kind of interesting with the whole like, 
um, choose an animal type that is beneficial because later on in the in the run you might want to switch to birds being able to do something if you don't have that great of a a sigil to go on it you know I mean it's good that they give you the options right because now when you're picking cards you'll be like oh that's a beast yeah oh that's an insect oh that's a whatever so and then like intentionally pick those so that later in case you get like a really sweet totem for it you can swap it out right I, I intuited that the tape, whenever they tell you something is useless, you should do it. Uh, so like they told me the tapeworm was useless and then I realized what it was for when I got to the next bonfire. Uh, did, did you realize what it was for? Yeah. What mm. do you mean? Okay. The, the tapeworm? He uh, says, he says it's useless. And then you like one or two moves later, I got to a bonfire and I was like, oh yeah, like they eat. They try to eat stuff here. I wonder what happens if they eat the tapeworm. The ringworm. Ringworm. Right. Yeah, whatever you call it. Yeah. It has another use. Interesting. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, uh... everything in this game is... There's stuff, man. Have you gotten the... Oh, no, wait. Is that one in the clock? Have you seen the, um, the Ouroboros? No, that's not in the clock. I've seen it. Okay. Have you used it? I have tried to use it, and I've only ever gotten it to die and come back to my hand one time. Ouroboros is a really good card. Yeah, yeah, it is. It just stays stays buffed forever. Does that that doesn't stay persistent, right? Between runs. Have you seen the Ouroboros again? <laughs> <If> not, <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I can't uh, answer that then. Okay, so then uh, are the campfires persistent between runs? Like the buffs you get from the campfires? No the the people or the, the people the, the people that I uh, tapewormed. Yeah, I don't know. Great question. I guess I'll I find guess out. Find out in your next run. I guess mm-hmm. I'll find out tonight when I play this after this podcast. Inscription. I will say the. I will say I did not find the other use for the ringworm. I ha- I looked it up after I'd beaten the game. Okay, but it is there, and I was like, oh, totally fits. Did not know. I'm yep. sure there's going to be makes- stuff I miss. I don't know. I I feel like if I if we have uh, told me how to do the next step, I have not completed everything in that cabin. So I will obviously have be missing stuff uh, as I leave the cabin. Cause I, I haven't use, done the, use the items. I understand. I'm going to use the item, but I haven't done the painting or the clock. So I guess I'll, I will end up missing stuff because I will. You can do the, you can do the painting too. Mm-hmm. It's nothing stopping you from doing multiple at one time, you know? No, I know. But like, if I win this next round and I leave the cabin, I'm not going to be able to finish everything unless somehow magically i get the i have not found the hints for those things other than i can try and do the painting if i'm correct about how it works you know what i mean in that way of mist to me which is why i mentioned mist mist to me always was like i understand how to do like to find the things i need to find but i never found the things i didn't need to find you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh okay so since you say that there are definitely some things that don't matter in the things we've been talking about here. And there are some that do. Yeah. Okay. I like the game. I like it a lot. I like card games in general, and this one has a lot more flavor to it than most. I would say even something like, um, slay the spire, which I really like is not as fun and flavorful and interested in you having a good time, right? Slay the Spire is a, ah, it's going to be hard. You're going to, you're going to have a hard time. And I mentioned Slay the Spire because it's also roguelike in this type of way. Run based, I guess. It's not really roguelike. Run based. Run based, yeah. Now that you're this far, Andrew, I can talk about the developer has created a mod for this game called Casey's Mod. That name should ring some bells for you, uh, Michael. Yes. That it's in beta right now, so it's not officially completed yet, but it is basically. This part that you're playing, Andrew, that you've been going through, it turns it into a real Slay the Spire type game. Oh, so he just takes the cards and moves it into a different format. And has created like starter decks and increased the variable options that you can run into and made it essentially not quite endless and sprinkled some more additional lore and stuff in there that essentially is a... Uh, add-on to the end of the game so don't try it until after you've completed the game but there's more lore and stuff in that mod interesting so i can install that later okay do not install it now got it x hours in hopefully i have enough hours to finish it before next week and uh we can discover whether or not i missed stuff or not (laughs) until then uh, if people have comments on the food rules or their thoughts on 
Um, I almost said slay the spire. <laughs> Inscription or the NASA web telescope or anchovies, anchovies. I guess. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, you or, can send those to podcast at we were gamers.com. Uh, and we like anchovies here, despite what Andrew just said. So, you know, send those in. Good job, anchovies. <laughs> I'm unconvinced. Uh, you can find you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on YouTube. If you search for We Were Gamers, all one word, uh, hit that little follow and notify button so that you get our podcasts delivered straight to wherever it is you want to consume them. And you can follow this on you know, all the various podcasting platforms out there. YouTube. We would appreciate it if you do that. Don't make yes, me do YouTube. all this YouTube work for nothing. Go look at YouTube and watch and comment there. Man, now I want to go play Inscription, but I have work to do. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm excited for you. I've got, I got to get this podcast up. I got to, this, uh, Star Trek is so close to done. You know, use the chat when you find stuff, Andrew. We'll help you. Okay. I don't really need help as much as I feel like um, I don't want to miss something because I like it, you know? Yeah. I think I could probably win going forward uh, without trying very hard unless he changes the rules again. When that third candle shows up in the fight, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a moment. <laughs> that wasn't good. And then the floating masks gave away what the first thing was going to be. And I was like, okay, well, I can kind of avoid yeah. these things pretty easily. And then I accidentally put out too many cards and I had to wait for him to kill the gold before the yeah. second round ended. But I was able to pull. <laughs> I had pelts in the deck. Nice. And so I was able to pull... Uh, most of his cards off yeah, just the board for the his second cards. round. I was like, well, I, ki- I kill you in one move now. <laughs> yeah, I did that in one of my runs. And then the moon showed up. I was like, ooh, I wonder if this uh, wolf with the uh, stink bug ability works. I found that if I had the deck to get to the moon, the moon itself was actually not that difficult. Yeah, I mean, if you have, like, it like, sounds like if you have Death Touch and maybe one or two other things and a good amount of flyers to deal with the uh, the angler, you're pretty much set getting through the deck. The trapper is not that hard. All right, man. All right, Boone.